Welcome to the Free to Be Show. I am a stand for peace, love, joy, bliss, sexual pleasure, spiritual connection, elemental connection with nature, and restoring worthiness in women that requires four-mind alignment with your thoughts, heart, nutrition, and yoni. Be a stand for your ultimate joy so that you are replenished and aligned. Are you free? Receive replenishment. So welcome to the Free to Be show, Angela. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, today uh, my guest and I will be discussing about grief. She's the author of three books and a documentary. And so I'm just curious, what's your story? How did you uh, get into this way to serve? Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was in Japan on military duty. And while I was there, and it happened to be April Fool's weekend, and Lieutenant Mavechi came up to the group of us. And he says, Alexander, I need to speak with you. Well, it was April Fool's weekend, and so I just thought it was another joke. And so we just start walking and talking about nothing, and we end up at the door of the small office, and inside was a man who was introduced as a priest. And he began nervously shaking, holding this paperwork from the Red Cross. And he says, Angela, your family has been in a car accident. And from the looks on their faces, I just knew this was no April Fool's joke. The day before, my husband and four children was driving down the highway in California, and a car cut them off. Our truck hit the center divider. Upon impact, they were all knocked unconscious. And then our truck went backwards across that highway and fell 25 feet below and landed upside down on top of two other parked vehicles with people inside those cars. Praise God our car fell on their engine and not their roof. The people inside those vehicles, they were extremely shaken up, but they were okay. When the police, firefighters, ambulance, with their jaws of life all came to the site, they saw a father and four children. And they ran into my daughter, Angela, who was 11 years old at the time. She was in and out of consciousness. And the officer said, where's your mother, where's your mother? Well, she looked at the police and said, all days, and said, my mother's in Japan. Well, the officer just thought she hit her head way too hard and was delirious. Truly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. This is funny. Yeah. And so he retrieved my address for my husband's driver's license and came to my home. Now, most people think by me being in Japan was the worst place possible. But you know what? I needed to be that far away in order to hear God's voice. Because if I was home, I would have run somewhere. But in Japan, I had no choice but to be still and know that God is still God. And whenever and wherever there's a crisis, Christ is. Back in Japan, he's shaking. He said, your husband, Suri, he's in the hospital, but he's okay. Your daughter, Angela, she's in the hospital, but she's okay. Your daughter, Angelina, she's in the hospital, but she's okay but your two eight-year-old sons, Maurice and Roger, they didn't make it. And instantly, 
as if no one else was in that room but God and me. I recalled a prayer my children said before going to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I don't know. Maybe, just maybe because I need to hear from my son so badly, I felt right here in my heart as if I heard them say, no, mommy, that priest is wrong. We prayed the Lord our soul to take. We did make it. We're here with Jesus. And I'm telling you, God was sending your sister so much love and so much peace. There was no room for pain. The people in the room were watching and waiting for my world to turn upside down. But instead, they witnessed my world still in alignment with the one we call our Heavenly Father, our Prince yes. of Peace, our Comforter, and our Provider, the Almighty God. The next yes. day, I was on that 10-hour-plus plane ride from Japan to Los Angeles. And I first thanked God that my whole family hadn't passed away because it could have easily happened. Yes. I thank God that although Maurice and Roger passed, was passed, they passed instantly. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. Yes. I praise God that they wouldn't lock, well, they wouldn't um, hooked up to a life support machine, just suffering, waiting for me to come home, yes. only for me to pass away. I praise God for the little things. And then about an hour into that flight, I almost sat straight up in my seat as I remembered this letter Maurice had written about a month before the car crash. Maurice was eight years old in the third grade. He had a math test at school. He finished early and received his A. Now he had to be quiet while his classmates completed their test. And in that quiet time, he wrote this letter to me and my husband. Now, he had never written us a letter before. And he ran in the house from school that afternoon. He shouted, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy, I wrote you a letter. wrote us a letter. Who's going? Little boy. And he says, Nowhere, Mommy. I just love you. I looked at my husband. I said, I said, baby, get the checkbook because whatever brother wants, the brother can have too okay <laughs> the three of us at the foot of our bed and we read his letter loud he wrote th three he wrote three pages not only expressing that he loved us but explaining why he loved us mm. at the end of all three pages he wrote the words bye bye by dash by not bye the by and passing that we'll see each other again hmm. now i got back home from japan I, the, the letter was so profound. It was written above and beyond his age and grade level. He was talking about stuff he had no knowledge of. And that's how I knew the Holy Spirit was feeding him information. But yeah. it wasn't until he passed where I could see in between the line, God's handprint. Hmm. When, I came, when I came home from Japan, I was on my knees on the kitchen floor crying. Thanking God for Marisa's letter. And I said, it, it, it's the reason why I could, my mind still, my mind still intact. Yeah. I said, if I need to know that Roger was at peace and God told me to search. Hmm. Have you ever got the side eye? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do that. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and I searched my house over three hours. I went to the bedroom. I looked between the books on the shelf, the clothes in the closet. I literally flipped the message, message searching mattress searching for I don't know what I didn't find anything that gave me the peace I prayed trusted and believed for that night was open house for my children's elementary school they were in the second third fourth and fifth grade mm. now my girls they needed some normalcy in their life 
So I said, you know what? We're going to open open house. And we left a house full of people. You know, after people, you have, you have after love when your house, people just mm-hmm. come. And, and so it's only as God can create it. It's only as God can orchestrate it. That night was open house. So we went to open house. We went to Angela's fifth grade class, Angelina's fourth grade class. When I, all their classmates wrote these hand condolences, love letters and poems, literally it took me months to read through the boxes of love. Finally walked into Maurice's third grade class. When I walked in, this hush just came across the room because the parents did not know what to say to me and I didn't know what to say to them. But the children just circled around me because they wanted to tell me how much they loved and already missed their friend Maurice. And they mm. could not comprehend somebody their own eye level passing away. Then, so it was a real healing time for all of us. Then we walked into Roger's second grade class. Mrs. Blassie paid her condolences. And then I said, well, what did my son do for open house? So two weeks before the car crash, Mrs. Blassie had given all of her second graders all kind of arts and craft supplies and said, do something for open house. Your parents are coming with no other instructions. Well, God designed this opportunity for Roger to leave his goodbye letter. All their projects were stapled to the wall. I took his down. He cut out the shape of a house with closed doors. And I, I have a picture of, and, and this is a children's book I did, Never Too Young to be Used by God. Hmm. And so let me just show you this. So this is, hold on. So this is Maurice's letter. And this, mm-hmm. and this, and this, there's an envelope in Maurice's letter. And so here's his letter right here. You can read it back in front. It's just shrunk down. And so it's a keepsake right there. And then this is Roger's letter. This is a house he cut. And you open the door in the center, it says, Mommy, I have a big backyard and a big house. And I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop right there, little boy, because we actually have the smallest backyard on the block, okay? Then I realized when he wrote this, he was in transition mode. He's referring to his heavenly home where he does have a big backyard and he does have a big house. Hmm. John 14, through, John 14, 2 and 3 says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. So he has a big house. And on the right-hand side of that home description, he cut out a tombstone. On that mm-hmm. tombstone, he wrote three powerful words. It says, dead men joy. This is an eight-year-old little boy, healthy, not sick, nothing, none of that. On a tombstone, he wrote the words dead men joy and drew a picture of himself beneath those words. On the opposite side, he cut out a second tombstone. This one says dead men jams and drew a picture of his brother Maurice. Girl, I almost fell to my knees as I praised God for being so good to me. Because I had just prayed hours earlier that day, God, I need to know that Roger's at peace. And this is what God gave me that very evening. I said, we have because we ask not. Maurice did not know about Roger's letter. Roger didn't know about Maurice's letter. They individually listened to the Holy Spirit and obeyed. Because God knew what I was going to need to stand on this other side and praise his holy name. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oof. Yes. Thank you for sharing your story. You know, I... I, I, I just honor this miracle that you shared with us because so many people think that God is far away. Yes. And you just, your story just let us see. He's right here. He's right, he's, he's right here. He's right here. And not only friendly. that, we close the door to that when we don't allow ourselves to fully mm-hmm. experience grief. 
Yes. Like, <laughs> no wonder we feel like God's so far away. We close in the door all the time. Right, right. right. You know? Mm. So my transition from grief to peace, while I was writing my son's memorial program, that's when God said, Angela, their letters were written to soothe your soul, but more importantly, to share. And girl, that's when the arguments began. I was like, oh no, yeah. that's what's not going to happen. Have, have you ever told God what's not going to happen? Yes. <laughs> I'm really good at that, actually. <laughs> that's when the arguments began. I was like, no, God. I mean, this was not even a week after my son's passed. It was really, really raw. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't fathom. I couldn't even, I, at that time, I could not even say their names without a lump in my throat. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine standing on stage and speaking about this. And I gave God a laundry list where I could not, would not, and should not. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> That's for, great. <laughs> for six months, I walked in disobedience. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. straight. You know when you walk in disobedience, yep. it does not feel good at all. Mm-mm. And when the pain became too much and God wasn't feeling or hearing none of my excuses, I, I woke up, I said, I surrender all. God, use me as you choose to. At that time, I had 15 years in the Air Force. I said, God, if you give me the strength to put my uniform back on and stay in the military for another five years, I will retire and dedicate my life to sharing your amazing testimony. But God granted me that strength I stayed in another five years. I retired from the Air Force. I wrote my autobiography, Miracles in Action, Turning Pain into Power and Grief into Peace. My book has been turned into a documentary film, but God has given me a vision of a movie, so I'm still waiting on that. And uh, my, I wrote a, a workbook to because it's a process of turning grief into peace. Yeah. Like, you know, after shortly after somebody passed, you know, a lot, your house feel everybody's there, but you know what? They got a life. They got to get on that plane. They got to go back home. They got to go to work. And you're yeah. sitting there by yourself dealing with your grief. Yeah. And so people wanted to know the physical, the actual, the physical steps. How did I turn that grief into peace? So I, I put it in here, the process of turning that pain into power and grief into peace. So that's my workbook. And then, as you know, I just showed you my children's yeah. book, what I'm so excited about, um, and I mean the 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 illustrations wow. are beautiful. They're, yeah. they're beautiful. And so now I I surrendered to the Holy Spirit uh, to God, and um I speak at different churches, retreats, conference, book clubs, women fellowships, you know whatever door God opens for me to come and share um, His amazing testimony. Mm. Yes. Wow. Okay. So um, <laughs> this. This is a miracle. Yeah. I'm, and that's I'm... Why my, my ministry is titled Miracles in Action. It's about how God transitioned me from military to ministry. Yeah. It's just, you know, because we always, we always say, you know, God is good all the time. And what? All the time, God is good. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just not a statement. I mean, it's not, it's not a question. That's a statement, period. It's just not when you're having a great day. That's every day. So when you're going through something, yes, it might be something tragic, but you have to have faith and search for the miracle within that. Yeah, you really must. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So this word keeps coming up in almost all of my interviews lately. You said you had to surrender. Yes. Yeah. And that is where the miracles 
begin. That's where the co-creation really starts, you know, with you and our Lord, because otherwise we just will um, <laughs> carry on just living a teeny tiny life. Yeah. When we could have all this. All of this above, above and beyond what we can actually think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I, you, I'm just so like speechless. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very grateful that you were on the free to be show today and that we were able to really welcome grief into our life, um, as a completion of a way to connect with our Lord. Um, so well, I wouldn't those... have chosen, I wouldn't have chosen this as my assignment and I would like to pass the cup. Truly I would, but you know, but since this, since this is my assignment, um, and I surrendered and it allowed me to free to be who God has, who had got who orchestrated me to be. And I just, I just did, I could not see it. I didn't, first of all, I didn't want to see it because you know, who wants the children to pass away and all for me to stand here, I had to go through that process. But um, I will see them again. <laughs> yeah. But until I do, I'm my assignment to help other people turn their pain into power and their grief into peace. So, so any way we can work together, I'm delighted. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So, for our viewers and listeners, share this with another soul. Share this with another heart. And until next time, be free. So, are you free? Do you own your part in that? Rather than lingering in shame, guilt, and despair, let's see where you can create more freedom, more joy, and replenish from within. Visit me at CordeliaGafar.com and sign up for the five ways to only create joy. Until next week, be free.